You're listening to the Cornerstone Chapel High School Youth Ministry. Let's head into the service for this week's message. Ephesians 6.10, and uh, before we get studying, let's pray and pause and uh, thank the Lord for a great Christmas and pray for camp as well. Father, we thank you so much for this morning, Lord, that you have brought everyone here for a reason. No one's here on accident, so Lord, um, we just come before you with humble hearts. We thank you for the worship. Father, now we want to keep worshiping your name by reading your word and learning more about you. So, Lord, as we finish the book of Ephesians, I pray that this, this next topic will um, hit home for some people, Lord. And um, we also thank you so much for a great Christmas, great Christmas Eve services that, we, that you uh, gave for us, even though it was raining, Lord. People came. Lord, we, we just want to celebrate your birth. And so, Father, we thank you so much for a great time. We also pray for camp, Father, that you would go before us as we get ready um, and would prepare our hearts for what you have for us. Lord, we know it's all fun and games and we can um, be with friends and hang out, but Lord, it's also about growing more into you, maturing and uh, learning more about you. And so, Lord, as we finish today's lesson with the camp theme verse, I pray that this would stir um, some hearts, Lord, that this would um, cause everyone to really uh, put into to action what your word tells us to. So we, we pray for camp, we pray that you keep us safe, and we look forward to it. We know that you'll be there, and uh, we just are excited that we get to do this. And so go before us for today as well. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen. So Ephesians 6, verse 10, our topic for today is living in victory. This is one of my favorite chapters in Ephesians. I think it's one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible, but Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, you probably have a subtitle above verse 10, it says, the armor of God. I love this chapter, I love this section of scripture, and we're going to see why Paul puts in the armor of God for, and for what reason, but it's a, it's a beautiful passage from 4, 5, and 6 in Ephesians, living in harmony, living in purity, living in unity, and now living in victory. We can have victory in Christ, but it comes with something. It comes with something, and it's our responsibility to live in victory with this. And we're going to read what this is. Let's look at verse 10 of chapter 6. Finally, finally, as he he ends this book, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, not if, but when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And I want to stop there because he's going to start doing a list. But real quick, again, Paul is saying here, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand up against the devil's schemes. So he puts that in there. We're in a spiritual battle. So this, this chapter, this section, he moves from wives and husbands to children and parents to coworkers and bosses and about the way you need to talk and act and live in impurity and be united. He moves all the way from there to this. Now he's concluding the book saying, hey, guess what? Guess what? We're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. And it's not physical, it's not against different people, it's not against flesh and blood, he's not talking about wars against different nations in the world. 
He's not talking about battles that have gone on in the past or in the present or battles that will happen in the future. He's talking about spiritual battles that happen every day in your Christian life. That we can now live in victory, though, through God's armor, through the armor of God to live in victory. So again, he says here, finally be strong, in verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. But our responsibility to do that is putting on this armor that the Bible now describes. This spiritual armor that the Bible describes. I love the movies that have this armor and this, these battle scenes. My favorite movie, some of my favorite movies, Troy, Gladiator, Braveheart. These sorry ladies, but these macho man movies that just have to do with battles, war, armor, and it's just, it's just amazing. Even at that time, just how many battles and wars went on, and you would put on that armor to protect yourself. No one really went into battle unarmed. That, that, that'd be foolish. That'd be stupid. You would put on this armor to go into battle to be prepared, because you know that you're going to get hit. You know that something's going to happen. You're preparing yourself for battle to prevent yourself ultimately from dying, from being killed, from being slain. That's why they put on armor. I think of King David when he was like 15 or 16 years old, and God had called David as a shepherd boy to now be the next king of Israel. And remember, for, remember David's first task? David's first task was, I'm going to go fight Goliath. Remember the story of David and Goliath? It's one of the most classic stories. If you don't know it, go read it. It's in 1 Samuel 15, 16, 17. David now is a shepherd boy. He's been called by God to now serve with Saul and to be the next king after Saul. Now Saul is kind of a jealous king. He doesn't really like David. doesn't really like him later in life. But at first, he's like, okay, I don't know who this punk kid is, but he can come help me out. I'm going to put some armor on him because he thinks he's going to go fight Goliath. David said, yeah, I'm going to go fight Goliath. You guys are too afraid of him. I'm going to go fight him. This guy was over nine feet tall. This guy was a giant. All right. And David's like, I'm going to go fight him. And Saul says, okay, but before you go into battle, I'm going to put some armor on you. And this armor just weighed on David. It was too big. I mean, some, some heavy guy must have been wearing this armor because David puts it on. It doesn't fit everywhere. It's like Santa's suit from Santa Claus with Tim Allen. It doesn't fit. All right, puts the armor on. He's like, I can't go out into battle with these. I can't go out to battle with these. They need to fit. They need to fit. So he actually goes out without anything. He has the spirit of the Lord with him, five little smooth stones, and he just whips Goliath, hits him in the whole forehead, and he's done. But to go with that, my point is, Saul said, I'm going to put some armor on you. Why would he need to put armor on? To prepare him for this battle. That's for us today as well. If we're not wearing our spiritual armor, if you will, we're not going to be prepared for battle every single day. And it's not just when it comes, when it comes. It's not just, hey, it might come once a month or once a week. No, our battle is going to be every single day. That's what the Bible tells us. Pick up your cross daily and follow me, Jesus said. Pick it up daily. Follow me. You need to follow me every single day because battles are going to come in some way, shape, or form every single day of our life. So now he goes through this list. He tells us what this armor may look like. And this was back in olden times. You've seen the movies, the, the armor, and he's going to describe all this. But it's all for our spiritual lives. Okay? So let's read this real quick. I told you guys to look at verse 14. Paul says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word 
of God. So we, now he gives us this list of what it looks like to be prepared for battle. And we need to be prepared for battle every single day. I have this cool rendition, this artist rendition of a macho armor suit guy that I have no idea who he is, but he looks awesome. All right, something out of Lord of the Rings, I don't know. But this is a great artist rendition of what the Bible is describing for us as we live our daily lives. This is, some, this is just really cool. I don't know. This is awesome. But anyway, I'm going to go through one by one of how Paul is describing us of what to do to live in victory, what to do to be prepared for battle. All right? You don't need to look this buff and this handsome to, to do this. Just, just go with it. Okay? Number one. I want us to all look at this real quick. Number one is the belt of truth. That's the first thing that Paul tells us. And he does go in order. It is specific, in order. He doesn't just throw random things out. He's writing this in order. Number one is the belt of truth. And we see this in John 14, 6 as well. So you see here the belt of truth, Ephesians 6, 14, and John 14, 6. John 14, 6, what does that tell us? Does anybody know that verse by heart? For I am the way, the truth, the life. There we go. You guys are smart. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. So Paul is saying you need to start putting on the belt of truth. He describes the belt as truth for us. Why? Because truth is central to our everyday life. The belt holds everything together, if you will. If you're wearing a belt today, that holds you up, if you will. It's the center of you. It's, it's where it holds everything together. And this belt of truth that Paul is describing is your truth needs to be central. God's truth, rather, needs to be central in your life. That needs to be the foundation in your life. So he's not just spitting out words and saying, I'm going to describe a belt as truth. No, he's, he's giving it specifically. So John 14, 6, when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, Paul says, put that as your center of who you are. The truth of God's word needs to be center of who you are. That is the belt of truth. Everything is held together by that. Truth holds everything together. There is absolute truth. God's word is absolute truth. So if, if culture or if you tell me this is true and this is true, they both can't be true. There, there, there's, a, there's a reason for that. There, there can't be two truths, okay? There's one truth. Two things can't be right. So God's word is absolute truth. Paul says put on that belt of truth. That's the first thing we need to put on for our armor for everyday battle. And if you don't know truth, it's going to be hard to fight the battles. It's going to be hard. Because if we don't have the foundation of God's word as truth for us and God's teaching as truth and God himself as the truth, then we're going to be nothing. We don't have any foundation. We can't hold everything together. That's number one in our life. The belt of truth needs to be key for our life. Number two, the breastplate of righteousness. So you see here the breastplate sat right here on the, on the chest. We see the breastplate of righteousness in Ephesians 6.14. We also see it in Isaiah 59.17. It's interesting. Paul didn't really make this up. He's quoting from Isaiah 59.17. And Isaiah 59.17, I'm just going to read it to you real quick. He says here in Isaiah, He, meaning the, the children of Israel, He put on righteousness as His breastplate. Then Paul, thousands of years later, or close to a thousand years, will then write this, taken from Isaiah, saying, guess what? This applies to you now. Not just the children of Israel, not just certain prophets. This is going to apply to you, church. Put on this breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate of righteousness. But it's also Philippians 3, verse 9. You can write this verse down. It's on the screen as well. These verses, Isaiah 59, 17, Philippians 3, 9. 
Philippians 3.9 tells us that righteousness comes by faith. So having this breastplate of righteousness, this shield around your chest to, to protect yourself, to protect the heart, comes righteousness through faith. It's righteousness through faith. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5.8, I love what 1 Thessalonians 5.8 tells us. Paul also will describe this in 1 Thessalonians. He says, be, uh, But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate. Now he describes the breastplate as a love as well in 1 Thessalonians. But he tells us here, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith as the breastplate. But here in Ephesians, he's saying righteousness is the breastplate. That's because they go hand in hand. That's why Philippians 3.9 says, righteousness comes by faith in Jesus. The righteousness that you and I need to have is faith. So it's no wonder that he's describing the breastplate, the armor that goes over the chest, the shoulders, to protect the heart. Because it's the heart that makes the choice to come to Jesus by faith. The breastplate that we have today as our spiritual armor, if you will, needs to be righteousness through faith. The truth is our belt, but faith and righteousness need to protect the heart. It needs to protect the heart. The Bible is always key on one thing. It's not just the eyes we need to protect and what we see. It's not just the mind we need to protect on what we are putting in our mind. It's ultimately the heart. God is concerned with your heart. God's concerned with my heart. Proverbs also tells us, Solomon wrote in Proverbs, guards your heart for it's the wellspring of life. Basically everything out of the heart comes who you are. So guard it. Guard the heart. That's why he's saying put on this breastplate of righteousness. Protect what needs to be protected right here. And righteousness through faith comes by that. So protect the heart is protecting your faith, technically. Paul says to put on that breastplate of righteousness now. And it only comes through faith. Let's look at number three. He says here, after the breastplate of righteousness, Verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Your feet fitted and ready to go with this gospel of peace. Basically the shoes, the armor shoes, if you will. So down here at the shoes of the gospel of peace. Isaiah 52.7 also quotes this. That beautiful are the feet that brings the good news. Isaiah would quote this. Paul would take it from there. Isaiah says, beautiful are the feet that brings good news. Everyone know what the gospel, what gospel in the Greek means? Gospel in the Greek means good news. So be ready with your feet to go and spread this good news. He says here again, have your feet fitted with the readiness, be ready, that comes with the gospel of peace. So when we have the, bre when we have the belt of truth around our waist, when we have the breastplate of, breastplate, that's a hard word to say, breastplate of righteousness through faith, now we put on the shoes and our feet are ready to now spread this gospel. And we, knew, we do need to be ready to be moving around. We can't just sit still. We can't just sit idle and not do anything by sharing this gospel. God calls us now, as a Christian, you have a responsibility now to be sharing this gospel with others. If you're, you know, like me, when I was in high school, kind of timid, kind of shy to share the gospel, ask the Lord. Ask the Lord to strengthen you. Ask the Lord. Just give me the words to say to someone. Or ask the Lord, bring someone, just bring someone into my life that I know for certain I need to be sharing the gospel with this person. You know, I wasn't the, the type to always like, you know, I'm going to go preach the gospel in my schools, in my halls. I'm going to have an evangelism 
sign that says, hey, get saved or you're going to you know where. I'm not going to be like that, okay? I was like, God, I'm, I'm just not like that kind. But I asked the Lord also, just give me just one person, just one person put in my life that I need to know I need to share the gospel with this person. For some reason, this person just does not get out of my life. I need to share the gospel. I, I was asking the Lord, make me like not like this person anymore because they're just sticking around in my life. And I'm like, who are you? And there were those people. God would bring different people. And then he would soften my heart and say, this is the person I want you to share the gospel with. We need to be ready. We need to be putting on our shoes, ready for battle to share God's word. And the enemy hates that. The enemy hates that. The devil hates it. Because again, when we're reading this, again, this is spiritual battle. So the Bible's saying we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against each other. It's not, he's not talking about nations fighting against nations and wars and rumors of wars. He's talking about your spiritual personal battles that you have in life. And he's saying it comes, these battles come from the devil, his demons, and the world. We're fighting a battle. If you haven't noticed, if you've been a Christian a long time, you'll know we're in a battle. But we're in it together. The devil's going to try to throw everything at you. The demonic principalities are going to try to throw everything against you. And there is such a thing as the demonic principalities. And you know, honestly, Hollywood's done a great job, sadly, by portraying this demonic principality. But this generation also, this generation, you guys, there's something about the demonic or this, the evil movies, or the games that you can play with the demonic that seem fascinating, that seem interesting, but it's evil. It's dangerous, and don't go down that path. And Paul's saying we need to be ready and to be putting on this full armor of God to fight against this, because there is such a thing as the demonic, satanic, evil, heavenly realm that we can't see. And that's the war sometimes we're going to be fighting. Because why? Satan and his demons hate that you are a Christian. Satan and his demons and the world hate that we are following after Jesus. So they're going to try everything they can to thwart what you're doing and to make you fall and stumble. That's why Paul says, finally be strong in who? Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Putting on the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, your feet ready to share the gospel. Let's keep moving on. Now he says, number four, the shield of faith. Look what he says here. In addition, in verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. What does the shield do? With it, you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. These spiritual flaming arrows that the devil will try to pour on us to try to get us off the path of righteousness. He's going to try it. And Satan is actually pretty good at it. But he can't overcome. If you're wearing this full armor, there's no match. There's no match. And this shield of faith that is here, the shield of faith, Ephesians 6, 16, 1 John 5, 4. I like what 1 John 5, 4 says. I'm going to read it to you real quick. You can write this verse down. 1 John 5, 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. So if you're a Christian, everyone can overcome the world. You put on the full armor of God. He says this, This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. If you have faith in Jesus and it's strong and it's small as a mustard seed, Jesus says, it can move mountains. It can do great things. So John is saying here that this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So Paul is now saying, pick up this shield of faith. You're going to need to protect yourself, but now you're going to need to protect yourself with this shield. The shield comes with faith. It comes through faith. It comes by faith. 
Faith is the one thing that's going to ruin the devil's plans. If we're putting up the shield of faith in this battle that we're doing, in this battle that we're living, Satan has no match. Satan has no match. He's going to try everything he can with these spiritual flaming darts to destroy you, to hurt you, to make you miserable, to make you think that you're not important. He's going to do everything he can to try to get you off the path that you're with God. That's why Paul is saying, pick up the shield of faith. It's going to protect you. It's going to protect us. But if we're not picking up the shield of faith and our faith isn't solid in the Lord, then the devil will have an easy target. You're going to be an easy target. Without that shield, the devil's going to say, okay, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. And it's going to be a lot easier for him. But John says, those that are, have victory, victory in Christ and put, pick up the shield of faith can overcome the world, and Satan has no match. Satan has no match. I want to keep reading. Number five, he keeps going. He says, take up the shield of faith. Then he says in verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. Got to wear this helmet. Got to wear the helmet. Protects the mind. It was really to protect your skull, but the spiritual, spiritual aspect of it, it's protecting your mind. The helmet of salvation. I love what Isaiah 59.7 says again. It's the same verse. <clears throat> Isaiah 59.17. Isaiah would say, He puts on the righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. Isaiah quotes that. Paul then takes it. Pick up the helmet. Put it on. It's salvation for you. Salvation comes by hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. That's what Romans tells us. We are saved really by faith, but we're saved through the hearing of the message. The hearing of the message. It's all in the mind. Set your mind on things above. That's what Paul says. Protect the mind. That's why he quotes and says, put on this helmet of salvation. It's the gospel for us that protects us. 1 Thessalonians again, 5.8. I keep, I keep loving this verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 again. Be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as the breastplate and the, hel- the hope of salvation as a helmet. So in 1 Thessalonians, he's quoting it as hope. This helmet that we need to put on is the hope of salvation. Salvation is the one thing that we need to have to get to heaven. It's the saving grace that God gives us. That's when people say, like, you know, I, I, you know, I need to get saved. You know, I need to get saved, and, and that's what salvation is all about. And it comes through hearing this message. When we're putting on this full armor, when we're now putting on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the feet ready for spreading the gospel, we're now putting on this helmet. We are now preparing ourselves for anything that the world or the devil or his demons are going to throw at us. You can't touch me. You can't touch this. Like that song? You can just tell that to the devil. Can't touch this. Yeah? Can't touch this. Whatever. Never mind. It's in my head now. It's going to be in your head. I'm going to put every song that I have in my head into your head. It's going to be great. All right? That's the helmet of salvation. Last but not least, I want to close with this. Number six, the sword of the Spirit. This is the most important thing that you can have in your spiritual battle. This is the most important thing that you need to have to be ready for the flaming arrows and for everything that the devil's going to throw at us. The sword of the Spirit. No um, verse um, other than Hebrews gives us the best thing. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. You can write this down. But Hebrews 4, verse 12 basically says the, the, God's Word 
is living and active, and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates the heart. It goes deep to the soul. The Bible is always described as a sword, a spiritual sword. Now, we don't really use swords today, and you, know, you can think of it as a lightsaber, if you will. It's just a battle thing that you need to fight with, okay? It's a sword. The Bible's always described as this, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Not just really for combat, not just really for fighting someone or fighting, fighting the, the principalities of the darkness, but honestly, the Word of God, the sword, really needs to hit here. The sword first needs to hit here. Because the Bible is described as a sword that is stronger than any other, than any other sword penetrating the heart. It needs to cut deep. It needs to penetrate the soul. And no person, no other thing is going to do that except God's Word. So you can have the breastplate of righteousness, you can have the belt, you can have the feet ready, you can have the helmet, you can have the shield. You're ready to go. But you can't fight if you don't have God's Word. You cannot fight in this life, in this world, if you don't have God's Word as that combat weapon. It is a weapon. It's a tool for righteousness, and it's a tool for correctness, rebuking. That's what God's Word is. It is used for that. It's used for that. But last but not least, I want to look at the next slide. With all of this, with all of this, if you don't have one simple thing, then everything of this armor is going to fall apart. One thing that the Bible says is going to protect you and bind you for this armor, and that one thing is prayer. It's prayer. Write it down. If this is the one thing you understand and, and will get out of this, write it down. It's prayer. Prayer is the key to the victory in the Lord. That's key. Because it says right here in the, in the ending of Ephesians chapter 6. Let me read it real quick. I just lost my place. Ephesians 6, he says here in verse 19, 18, sorry, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So Paul goes from saying all of these armor suits, if you will, all of these things that you need to wear to, to prepare yourself for battle, but everything is going to be bound and tied together by one simple thing, and that's prayer. And if prayer isn't an important thing in your life, it needs to be. It's plain and simple. If you're just praying for meals, it's not good enough. Okay? God needs a relationship with us through prayer, through reading His Word. It's what is going to bind us to battle. It's what's going to keep us together for battle. Prayer is the ultimate weapon that's going to destroy everything. I love what John Bunyan's quotes here. John Bunyan was a pastor. He was also the author of Pilgrim's Progress, if you, know, if you guys know that book. But John Bunyan writes here, and I love this quote. I'll end with this. Prayer is a shield to the soul, a sacrifice to God, and a scourge for Satan. I love that. Again, prayer is a shield to the soul. It's a shield for us. It's a sacrifice to God. We're offering Him. We're giving to Him. It's a relationship, but it's also a scourge for Satan. Basically a whip. Satan hates our prayers, but he can't do anything about it. It defeats him. So remember that. That prayer is now the key to the victory in the Lord. If you need victory today, and I know I'm going over, but if you need victory in your life today, spiritually, if you're fighting these spiritual battles and you don't know how to protect yourself, you don't know how to defeat it, put on the full armor of God, but bind it up with one simple thing, prayer. Start your prayer life. If you're not starting it now, start it today. Start it tomorrow at camp. 
Make prayer a priority in your life. It needs to not just be something for a pastor like for me. It needs to be for every single Christian. Prayer must be the foundation of who you are. It's the relationship between you and Jesus. That's the foundation. Amen? Let's pray. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.